Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Rocky Mountain Eurosport and Denver and Parker. You can drive your dream car today at Rocky Mountain Eurosport. I'm telling you, you're not working with some big dealership that's selling volume. It's an intimate buying experience because you know what? Everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. And even if you don't want a luxury car, you're going to get that same experience, whether you're buying a foreign car or a domestic car. And you know what? They have the inventory that you want, unlike the big boys. So you can get the car at the right price that you want. You know what else they do? They service all makes and models. They have great finance options. You need to go for a test drive today at Rocky Mountain Eurosport or find them at rmeurosport.com. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. So as I've said many times before, and I will repeat it, when I'm in the car, I flip around to all the stations in town. I want to hear what everybody is saying, and I usually do it uh, during the day, you know, before the show. I mean, really, the purpose is to steal other people's ideas for our show. That's why I do it. Because Imitation I, is the sincere. I can't produce a show on my own and neither can you. So why not just steal somebody else's ideas and just kind of word it a little bit differently and then boom, we've come up with our own topics. It sounds like you're you're bringing up Mexican food again. Same That's ingredients correct. prepared differently. That's true. Just a different type of casing, whether it is a hard shell, soft shell, yada, yada, yada. I think yada. I've just figured out something about you after the year and a half plus we've done the show together. This What's is, that? What's that? I'm just... just you know, uh, here, here, here it comes, Danny. Your philosophy. Here it comes. Your philosophy. Here comes your, the slam. Your, no. should, should, should I put on a sheet of armor? No. Go I ahead. Just, no, I think this is interesting. What do you got? Oh, just you know, I, I think you have original ideas. You're telling me that you don't. I don't. Oh, come on. I don't. Oh, come on. Okay, so this is what That's I've been bull. hearing on all the stations. This is the biggest game the Broncos have had since winning the Super Bowl. Now. I'm not going to disagree with it because, sadly, it's true. Yes. It's also pathetic. It is. For a franchise that has been to the Super Bowl so many times, as number of playoff wins as they've had, as number of regular season wins as they've had, Hall of Famers, arguably, arguably, the greatest quarterback duo Arguably, in NFL history, I would put Elway and Manning up against Favre, Rodgers, Montana, Young, all day. You can make the argument. I'm not saying it's true. The bottom line is this, though. I understand it's December, but the Broncos aren't sitting there right now with a 9-2 and two record. They are 6-5 and five, fighting to get into the playoffs. And this is the biggest game in nearly six years. I don't know if it is sad or exciting. Well, 
I had a flashback to 1995, thinking about it. 1995. Yeah, take get in the uh, DeLorean, go back to me. I think you were in diapers back then. I was not. I was 19 years old. Oh, I'm sorry. Danny was in diapers. Yes, I was. Yes. But I remember a 6-5 and five Tampa Bay team going to Green Bay, and it was for a Wobegon franchise. It was the biggest game they played in even longer than this Broncos current stretch. Probably the biggest game they played in uh, just under 13 years. And they got the doors blown off them by Brett Favre and the Packers, 35-13. to 13. But when you're talking about that being the biggest game in a generation, it tells you how pathetic you are. The Broncos, it hasn't gotten that bad yet. But it's certainly on its way. If, if they can't arrest this now, they've at least... The one thing that I think you can say, no matter what happens on Sunday, is that I feel like at least they have stopped the slide this year. Unless somehow they lose the rest of the games in this season, they end the season on a six-game losing streak. I think this season they've stopped the slide. So that's that, that's a positive. But if this is the but if this is the biggest game you've played since Super Bowl Fifty, I mean it says it all. I would actually say it's the biggest game they've played since late in the 2016 season. In the specifically, I would say the game in Tennessee where Benny Fowler had the ball, a Trevor Simeon pass bounced off his face mask, basically. Right, right. And the Broncos had to settle for a field goal and they end up losing narrowly to the Titans. So I'm not going to say it's the biggest game since Super Bowl 50. I am going to say it is the biggest game in nearly five years. And that too is, is, is sad when you're talking about a 6-5 and five team. I'll tell you what else what makes it sad. And I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer and pour a you know, bucket of ice over a raging fire here. Then again, you people really are excited, but I don't want people, I don't want people to get excited and then have their hope fall off a cliff. Well, I'm not even thinking that way. I'm thinking about it this way. One, they're six and five. They're fighting again in the playoffs and it's their, arguably their most important game since winning the Super Bowl, which was nearly six years ago. That's number one. And number two, I have a bunch of friends that live in Kansas City. I asked them, how excited are Chiefs fans for this game? Because Broncos fans, it's palpable around here, right? Have a chance, right? Yeah. I think there's still doubters, but man, we have a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. That's right, Lloyd Christmas. With that, what do you think Chiefs fans said about this game? They're probably blase about it. Like Broncos, eh, we'll take care of them. They're excited the game is on Sunday Night Football, and that is it. End of story. There is no number two. They're excited the game was moved and flexed. Other than that, that's eh, the Broncos. They're so used to winning that it's just another game for them. Now, and the other thing is, hold on, let me, let me just finish this thought. Turn back the clock, I don't know, 20 plus years, and the roles were reversed, right? It was Chiefs fans who couldn't get a wait, couldn't wait to get a crack at the Broncos. Whether it was Elway at the time, I know it's more than twenty years ago. You don't have to or go, Peyton Manning. You don't have to go back twenty years. You can go back seven. Right. And and by the way, the thing is, Broncos fans, everything is on this game, right? It's the Chiefs, but for the Chiefs, this isn't the biggest game. You it's, were, it's a divisional game. Right. That's it. Yeah, their big games this year that move their needle are against the Ravens. In Buffalo. Right. In Green Bay. And maybe the Chargers. 
I'm not going to say it's the Broncos pro- don't the the Broncos don't register like no. the Chiefs actually close at Cincinnati and at Denver. I'll bet you probably a lot of their fans think of those two games, which is the bigger one, probably playing at Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Chiefs fans now, and rightfully so, they expect to make the playoffs. Even if they lose this game, we're still going to make the playoffs. We'll still make it. For Broncos fans, they lose this game. Ah, season's over. And you know what? It might be. But they're... At the end of the day, even if they lose, they still have a chance to make the playoffs. The, the truth is, it's not over if they lose this no, game. No, it's and not. It, the, the key it's not going to feel look, good. The key game for the Broncos staying alive, it happened on Sunday yeah. against the Chargers. That was the moment that in all likelihood determined whether the team was going to stay in the mix or was going to fall out of it. Now, you have that get win over the Chargers. Yeah, you got the Chiefs. Let's you lose that game. You have Detroit at home. Get back on your feet. Likely get a win, seven and six, and then you close Cincinnati at Las Vegas at the Chargers. Chiefs. You've already beaten the Chargers. The Chiefs might have the division clinched. The Raiders. Who knows what you're going to get? But you have a deep. But you have a decent shot of going three and one in those four games. And ten and seven would would get you in, even with a loss on Sunday night. It, it, but the thing is, everyone is so, everyone in this town who follows the Broncos is so pumped about this game that I feel like there's a segment of the, a huge segment of the fan base that is setting themselves up for disappointment. Like, oh, if they're going to go to the other extreme, the pendulum has gone one direction or the other, right? You know what it feels like? Can I tell you what it feels like? Yeah. It feels like a poker player who is literally physically pushed all of his chips into the middle of the table for the chiefs. It's like an ante or a small raise. Yes. That's what this game is for them. For the Broncos, they've pushed all their chips in on the table. And the thing is, they really don't have to do that. No, I'm but saying from, smart about from a fan's perspective, from a fan perspective. Yes, it is. But you don't want to put so much on this game. And this is true for the Broncos. You hear like Justin Simmons saying, quote, without a doubt, unquote, Biggest game of my career. And it's probably true. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, much more even keeled about it, about about how he feels about playing on Sunday. You know the last time about Teddy Bridgewater played the Chiefs? They nearly, the Panthers nearly won. Yeah. Took them down to the wire. 33 to 31. So Bridgewater did play in a shootout. Lost, but still played in a shootout. And I don't, and I don't, I, I don't expect, um, I certainly don't expect 63, 64 points to be scored in this game. Not the way these teams are playing defense, especially the way the Chiefs are, are playing defense. Of course, remember, that was a close game, and one reason why it was a close game, Carolina had Christian McCaffrey. We right. know he makes all the difference for them. Coming up after the break, we're going to go live to Kansas City. We're going to bring in Pete Sweeney. He's the editor-in-chief and lead writer for Arrowhead Pride. He's going to... Give us the temperature of what's going on in Kansas City. How do, how do Chiefs fans feel about this game? And, you know, why have the Chiefs suddenly started playing better on defense? And honestly, what the hell is wrong with Patrick Mahomes? I mean, he's still great, but why is he having his worst season? That's next. How years ago in days of old when magic filled the air. Two 
Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, if you are looking for the best bar in Denver, and I'm not just saying this loosely, check out Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Of course, they have all the sports packages, right? A lot of places do. Every seat's a great seat in the house at Greenfield's. You can probably say that about other bars, but let me tell you what makes them different. Most bars have, what, maybe a pool table or two? They have a pool hall with 15 pool tables and tournaments. They have live music as well on the weekends. No cover. And you want to talk about a banging happy hour. Every single day, two for one on wine, well, and drafts from three until seven. Find me another bar that does all this, and I would like to hear about it. But I think it's going to be radio silence because no one does it like Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. Is it blasphemous for me to say let's go out to Chiefs Kingdom? Or should I say it hashtag Chiefs Kingdom? Or should I just not say anything at all? What's wrong with saying it and showing a little respect? I mean... They have beat they the Broncos' it. ass 11 straight times, and they've been to two consecutive Super Bowls. I so maybe they deserve some respect. It's okay to call it Chiefs Kingdom. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Do you have to throw the hashtag in front of it? Not necessarily, no. Okay, just checking. With I think that, the hashtag is a little bit superfluous. Don't talk over my head with those big <laughs> words. All right, let's go out to the hotline. Let's go live to Kansas City. Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief and lead writer for Arrowhead Pride. You can also catch him as an analyst on the NBC affiliate in Kansas City. How are you, Pete? Hey, how are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing well. Well, listen, for Broncos fans out here, this is a big game. We just talked about it in the last segment. You can make the case for Broncos country that this is the biggest game they have played since winning the Super Bowl back in the 2015 season. They have been terrible, honestly, over the last five and a half years. As for the Chiefs, certainly a different story. 11 straight wins over the Broncos. Broncos fans are excited about this game. What's the temperature out there? Is it just a, another Broncos opponent, or is it, hey, we're more excited to play on Sunday Night Football? Yeah, no, you know, I, I think fans in Kansas City right now are a little bit relieved with how the beginning of the year went, and they were able to put together four straight wins, including that Sunday win against the Sunday night win against the Raiders, where the offense finally looked like it had in, in previous seasons. I don't. I, I know that there's a lot coming from the Denver side of this, as it really does seem like the team is determined to break that streak. And it's been years and years and years. They've been de- as, listen, I, Pete. I, Pete. They've been determined the previous eleven times before this, <laughs> and they just haven't won. And yeah. actually, and they've gotten curb stomped in most of them. You know that the, there is a difference. I think with this one, and it comes from. 2018 on, I mean, where it seems like Patrick Mahomes had always just had control of the 
each game and, and the season as a whole. I know they did drop one to the Raiders last year en route to another Super Bowl trip, but the offense has been up and down this year, and I think more so than it's been ever in the Patrick Mahomes tenure and even in the four-game winning streak. It really was only that bright spot against the Raiders, and, and the thing I think Broncos fans should be confident about is the defense is playing well, and when the Broncos win games this year and to get above 500, it's been kind of the defense being the strength there. And look, Patrick Mahomes in the offense has seemed vulnerable, and the Broncos have taken care of business, so it should make for an interesting Sunday night. I think because the defense is the strength, I think it could go in a number of different ways. I ultimately do think the Chiefs will win. I tend to think that the spread is a little too much for what is a division game and a team coming in very determined and actually playing very well. I got to tell you something, Pete. You just made a lot of Broncos fans feel good. Did somebody from the Broncos organization pay you to say that? Because, honest to God, the arrogance, and honestly, rightfully so, coming out of Chiefs' kingdom has been palpable coming here to Denver, but you just seem totally cool and reserved, and you're not puffing out your chest. Good for you, pal. <laughs> no, I try to. I mean, I try to call it down down the the middle. What has been interesting is, you know, you're watching Mahomes since the beginning of his career here. Each and every game, as time has gone on, it had gotten to a certain point where it was really hard to pick against Mahomes in, in any game. And I was prepared to do so finally when he was playing poorly and the Chiefs were playing poorly. And then all of a sudden, um, it, it was against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers was coming in. I'm like, you know what? I, I think the Chiefs are finally going to lose, and I like going into the game. I didn't have the confidence I, I usually did in Patrick Mahomes. Now, that feeling has waned a little bit. I think he's playing better. I think they're starting to figure something out. I, I can't go and pick Teddy Bridgewater at this stage over Patrick Mahomes. Now, you come back at me next year, and you're offering Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, who I just talked about, maybe it's a completely different story. And I, I think... And I know there's no silver lining in, in football, but I think there's a manner in which the Broncos can play this weekend, still lose, and still feel like, okay, we can still get a wild card here. And, and I think that's the best-case scenario. I think it's very possible. Now, you allude to Mahomes and uh, the, the ups and downs that he's had. How much of that is on him, and how much is of that is going to be on some of the changes around him? Like uh, uh, yesterday in the conference call with Denver Media, Andy Reid alluded to kind of uh, the, the overhauled offensive line and uh, how long it takes for that unit to really congeal and find its form. Yeah, I think there were some growing pains a little bit with the offensive line, and I think with Patrick Mahomes in particular, it took him some time to – a, trust the offensive line, it being new. And then I think, B, he's been really working through trying to stay within the structure of the play in general this year. I know that it's been a little bit of a backyard football these first couple of years, and he's been quick to bail on plays, and it's almost played into the hands of, of opposing defenses because there have been these two high safeties that everyone kind of did at the beginning of the season where they're, they're just playing back. They're playing really deep and making sure that Patrick Mahomes uh, can't necessarily throw down the field. And when he didn't see anyone open, they had uh, the teams with, that had a good front four were making sure that they were containing him and, and waiting for him to bail. I've seen that trust get a little bit better, both in the offensive line and just himself in general as far as pocket presence as the year has, has gone on. What he happened this year is I think he was surprised by the fact that these defenses – started to figure out how to beat him, and now what you saw is almost like an off-season lab 
that took place in front of America because there was no off season. He had problems at the beginning of the year and had to work through them. And I, I think he's better for it. I think he's still working through them. I think there is a little bit of vulnerability, but I think that window is closing. And, you know, you've seen quarterbacks that are great struggle at times in their career, and the great ones eventually figure it out. And I think we're getting close to that, but I do still think that there's a window where he is working on some things, and, and it starts with the pocket presence, and then, and it continues with making sure to trust that offensive line. Who's played well? There is one vulnerable spot on that offensive line, and that's at the right tackle position. Andrew Wiley, who is a backup of a backup, essentially, right. projects to play right tackle again with Lucas Niang out right now. Who knows, maybe Kyle Long could get in that next, but I still think it's going to be Wiley. So the right side could be a vulnerable spot for the Broncos to attack. We're talking with Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief and lead writer for Arrowhead Pride. You can also catch him on the tube on the NBC affiliate in Kansas City. Okay, Melvin Ingram's played the last three games for the Chiefs. Hasn't recorded a sack, but he's played quite a bit. And kind of the other thing is for allowing Chris Jones to go inside. How much has that helped spur this recent Chiefs defensive revival? Yeah, uh, this is something where, uh, you know, you guys in, in Broncos country, as you described, should be awfully mad at the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's completely <laughs> changed the game. It, re- it really has. It, it's completely changed the game defensively. Um, the, the, the Chiefs were having one of the historically worst defenses of all time. Now, they were progressing a little bit. It was getting better when Melvin Ingram was acquired. But what Melvin Ingram did and his presence in the building allowed the Chiefs to go back on what was – for lack of better terms, an experiment that wasn't working, with Chris Jones playing more outside than inside. Now, he did switch positions quite a bit last year, but it was a little bit opposite. It was like a two-to-one where um, he would be more on the inside and then pump up, go, go outside you know, occasionally. Now it's reversed. He is still uh, going outside on occasion, but it's given the defense confidence to put him inside where he's the second-best defensive tackle from, by PFF behind Aaron Donald in the league. And the Chiefs couldn't do that when they didn't have Melvin Ingram in the building because they didn't feel that confident about their depth on the outside of that defensive line. And so now Chris Jones is starting to dominate again. And you guys know this well with the fronts that you've had in Denver. When a defensive line is dominating, even when they're not blitzing, that helps the second level, that helps the third level. What you might describe as cornerbacks with no names in Kansas City, and fairly so, they're way better. You know, if you want to call them average to slightly above average, they're way better when there's pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And I, and I think you're seeing that. And I really, truly feel like Melvin Ingram, even for what has been, you know, if you want to describe it as limited snaps, it's just made the rotation so much better. And now, at least past few games, it's, it's crazy that we're here, and it's crazy that it's a lot of the same guys. But the defense looks like one of the more formidable units in the league, and, and I think it all started with Ingram. Uh, Pete, I want to do a public service to my uh, radio partner here, Andrew Mason. He is a barbecue aficionado. He's very excited <laughs> to have – no, I'm serious. He's very excited to have four meals out there. When the game was flexed to Sunday night, he got that fourth meal. I think it was only supposed to be three. Now, uh, a lot of people talk about Arthur Bryant's. A lot of people talk about Gates. Uh, probably before you were born, I did cover the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm guessing it was before you were born. So I know some some of the places out there. I don't know them like I used to. <laughs> Outside of Bryant's and Gates, real quick, and I, Andrew, I know this is going to be hard for you. Just quickly, where are the places you're going to hit? And then, Pete, I want you to tell him where he should really go. Um, there'll be a meal at, okay. jo- at Joe's Kansas City. Okay. There'll be a meal at uh, Jack Stack. There will be a brunch at uh, 
at Q39 on Sunday where I can have the brisket poutine and then another meal to be determined. You won't be able to miss Andrew in the press box. Currently, he's 160 pounds, but look for the guy with barbecue sauce on his white shirt who is 320 pounds. I'm not dumb enough to wear a white shirt for this. Yeah, I know. You bring a beach towel with you. Where should he go, Pete? All right, so I got something for you. So what's wild is I thought when you started that, you were going to ask me for recommendations. Yes. I literally, and I'm telling you, quite literally, was going to recommend the three places that he said. Oh, wow. And wow. then and there's a, that Joe's place that he described. They make this beautiful Z-Man sandwich, which has oh. got brisket and, and it's got cheese on it. It's, it's, so, it's one of the more underrated sandwiches in Kansas City. It's and amazing. My final it's amazing. Was, yeah. What, it's amazing. Yeah. What I was going to say for my final kicker here is so I have this joke. I'm, I'm actually from the East Coast, and I came to the Kansas City to cover football and cover the Chiefs. And so I have had Buffalo Wings in Buffalo. Where? I I, wait, 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 wait. Pete, I used, to, I used to cover the Bills. Where did you uh, go? Okay. Where did you What's go? What's the original place called? Anchor what, Bar. The original place called? Anchor Bar. Yes, I went to Anchor Just Bar. Just awful. A, awful. The worst. I, Please don't I tell me you liked enjoy it. I them so I, I said, come come to Kansas City for the barbecue, save for the chicken wings. There's a little place on Main Street called the Peanut, and I'm telling you, they have better buffalo wings at this place than they do in Buffalo. Whoa. And I went to school in upstate New York, and I, you know, I got out to Kansas City, and I couldn't believe that I had found this. Uh, barbecue is great, but I always say, come for the barbecue, stay for these buffalo wings at the Peanut. Where'd you go in upstate New York? My my uh, collegiate school was Cortland State, and my master's program was at Syracuse. Oh, well, listen, well, Syracuse isn't really considered like Western New York. That's not really close Cortland to Buffalo. State, Cortland That's, State is pretty rugged. you got to admit, Cortland State's rugged. Where, where is Cortland State? It is just... I believe it's an hour away from Syracuse. It's, it's kind of got that lake effect thing going on, just like all the cities up there. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, if you ever go back to Buffalo, and chances are you'll probably go back there for the AFC Championship game. With that, <laughs> go, go to Gabriel's Gate. It's right between Elmwood okay. and Delaware. Those chicken wings were injected with steroids, and they are just fantastic. <laughs> it's right down the street from Coulter Bay. That's where you want to go. You I will take that recommendation. Gabriel's yeah. Gate. Anchor Bar is so incredibly overrated because that's where wings started. It's like there's no meat on the bone. It's like a, it's it's like going to a crawfish boil. It's a lot of work for a little meat. <laughs> okay. I I uh I'll I'll take the recommendation and and okay. I'll I'll remember that. I I I tend to think uh, if I'm going anywhere for the AFC title game, it'll be uh, to Foxborough, unfortunately. Yeah, I but know they're okay. playing well, aren't they? Yeah, I know. And by the way, I, I, as as you were talking, we we got to cut you loose, Pete. I am listening to Pete talk, Andrew. Okay. And you guys sound like you could be the best of friends. I'm listening to Pete talk about football. That's the way Andrew talks about football. I'm, I'm dead serious. That's the way you talk about football. You like to get down in the minutia of it. And then when it came to food, oh, my God, this was like a budding relationship this, between yeah, the two. Hey, that's where it gets fun, man. Well, when you get into the details, that's the uh, fun stuff. You'll be at the game. Is that I'll, right, Pete? I'll say hello. Yeah, I'll be sure. I'll be sure. We'll uh, we'll get a we'll get a photo together and we'll get we'll get it up for you. Guys. Okay, just just look for the guy with the barbecue stains on his white shirt. Thank Pete. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Pete. See you, pal. Pete Sweeney, uh, editor in chief of Arrowhead Pride. Coming up after the break, Melvin Gordon might not play on Sunday. 
hey, is this an opportunity for us to see a full game of Javante Williams? I hope so. I don't know if Andrew does. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. Okay, uh, Melvin Gordon did not practice for the second straight day. If he cannot play, it's going to be Mike Boone filling in, and then I think Javante Williams would be the lead back. Fangio says it's 50-50 that Gordon plays on Sunday night against the Chiefs. I like this opportunity for Javante Williams. I want to see this guy carry the ball 20 times. As a matter of fact, I'd like to see the Broncos run the ball 30 times because if they do, that's going to be a good thing. Please, Pat Shermer, don't get away from running the ball. With that, if Williams gets 20 rushing attempts, what's his yardage? 88. So funny you should say that because I did some quick math. Yeah. If he rushes the ball 20 times at 4.5 yards a carry, it's 90 yards. And I think that's where he probably would be. Don't you think? There'll probably be a couple of explosive runs, and there are probably going to be some runs, like as we talk about, uh, that uh, maybe a couple of years from now he'll get, but uh, he'll end up uh, not seeing the hole as it flashes open, and he'll be settling for kind of just, just going one yard, one and a half yards into the, into the line of scrimmage, and that's it. There, Look, I don't want to go too far down the, okay, this is the number of times you have to run number right. in order to win, right. because... You run the ball often when you're ahead. And it's just so basically the Broncos need to either be ahead or within one score to the point where they're running their game plan and that's it. But it's impossible to look past the fact that teams that run at least 34 times. 34 times. 34 times. Yeah. When Patrick Mahomes starts. No. That those teams that run thirty-four times are nine and four. And yet and, and yet if they fail to do that, they are six and forty-six. Wow. That's a great stat. I get when Mahomes starts the game. Right. And so that's that that's going back. That actually includes even that uh that uh, game late in uh, in 2017 when Mahomes made his made his debut, and in fact, it kind of parsed it out a little a little bit uh, further. 34 plus times nine and four, 25 to 33 rushing attempts, three and ten, so not good, but 25 or fewer rushing or, or t- fewer than 25 rushing attempts, 
three and thirty-six when Patrick Mahomes starts. Well, I can tell you this: at least you can make the well. You don't make the case they were. Uh, they ran the ball thirty-three times against the Chargers, mm-hmm. but against Dallas, they ran the ball forty-one times. Melvin Gordon, 21 carries. Javante Williams, 17. Those were their two most dominating wins of the season when you graded on the curve of who they played. Yeah. And by the way, in the games that Mahomes has started, no team that has run the ball fewer than 21 times has beaten the Chiefs. Yeah, that makes sense. Period. In that case, that's where stats in a lot of ways, do tell the story, where in some ways they don't. And what's interesting is looking at some of those teams that didn't run the ball often, some of them ran the ball effectively. Like, you look look at the per carry averages and you see numbers like 6.8 and 5.4, 5.0, 4.9, 7.2, 5.9, 5.1, 6.2, 5.8. You see teams that were effective on a per carry basis running the ball, but because the Chiefs' offense was at warp speed and you felt pressure to keep up, they didn't stick with it. And that is why the Broncos need to keep this game close. They need to play a tempo game, a slow tempo game. I mean, obviously you can't do uh, old-school four corners uh, in football because that the play clock doesn't allow, right. doesn't allow for it, but you need to take your time. And shorten this contest. I'm going I'm to go off the road with this comment. I say this all the time. And I, I'm not the only one that says this. That stats don't always tell the story. And you can find a couple of stats to try and make your argument. We talked about it a couple of days ago on the show that Teddy Bridgewater is a higher completion percentage than Patrick Mahomes. And Teddy Bridgewater has more yards per attempt than Patrick Mahomes. He has a better touchdown to interception ratio. He has half as many interceptions, yada, yada, yada. You can make that argument, but you're leaving out a whole bunch of other things. I thought of something that really... You can really skew a stat, and it had to do with hockey. Okay. If I told you a guy had a save percentage of 94%, you would say that is what? Excellent. Excellent. Last year, the guy who had the highest save percentage was .932. Yes. Okay. Now what what if I told you that same guy gives up three goals a game? That's terrible. Awful, right? That's awful. You'd say, what What on earth is happening to where they're allowing so many shots? Right. You're giving up 50 shots a game. Yes. You're letting in three goals. He, the, the goalie's doing his job, but something else is breaking down right. before you get to the net. So you can say, <laughs> hey, look at this guy's save percentage. But he's also giving up three goals a game. That's where you can take a stat and skew it however you want to. This guy's the best goalie in the league. Look at this. He's a... Uh, you know, facing 50 shots a game. And the save percentage is 94%. Yeah, but he's still giving up three goals a game, and that's why they're losing. And the other thing is uh, that's where you you say, okay, there's a there's a better stat than goals against average, and it's save percentage, right? Just like there's a better stat than points per game, and it's points per possession. Right. Because that, incor- because that incorporates pace. Like, for example, the last five... The last five games, last six weeks, because each team has had a bye, do you know what the Broncos have averaged more points per possession than the Chiefs? 2.07 and 1.92. No. 
What do we have coming up on Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it? Week 13 gets underway in the NFL tonight with Cowboys at Saints. The Avalanche already in action for a second night in a row up in Canada. And baseball is locked out. We'll get into the relationships between players and owners across the big four leagues in the U.S. here on the other side, right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Little air drums here if you're watching. Mile High Sports. This is also an air guitar. It is. Gonna do, are we gonna, gonna do start up the band? Yeah. What do you want to be the guitar guy? I do play guitar. Yeah. So I suppose I could do. This it. is one of Slash's finest licks. Wow, that was a very musical uh, I'm phrase. I'm not wrong. Finest licks. It is. Dude, I mean, it's iconic. Do 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 do. I mean, it's it's an iconic opening to a song with a guitar. And now you got Axel as he fades out. Whoa, sweet child of mine. <laughs> Let's just uh, do the final word. Right, right. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Masterpiece Roofing. Find out how Masterpiece can get your insurance company to pay for your roof. Call 720-242-6404 or go to masterpieceroofing.com today. Just in case you missed it, the Colorado Avalanche are in Canada for the second night of a back-to-back. They lost 8-3 to Toronto last night in McKinnon's return. However, it was Jonas Johansson in net, and it is JJ again minding the net for the Avalanche tonight against the Montreal Canadiens. What's the key for Colorado to bounce back versus the Habs tonight? It's still 0-0 at the end of the first period there. Build a brick wall in front of your own net because they are dying for goalie help right now. Just dying for it. I mean, I'm waiting for a phone call. From Joe Sackick to go play yeah. goal. Better to get this out of the way now, I guess, than have it come up in the playoffs. But the, but uh, the, playoffs, uh, playoffs. But this uh, look, this is still a game that you should get. The Canadiens made the Stanley Cup final back in July, and that five months seems like five years because the right. Habs have been have-nots. awful. They've they, been have nots. Yeah, they're sitting on they're sitting on fourteen points right now. A little late, a little late with the rim shot. Listen, if you're going to insult me, at least be on time, Danny. Uh, the Avalanche are out shooting 
the Habs 13-4 to through that first period. So we'll see if they can keep that up. That'll you, probably be a good recipe You know how success. you protect your goalie? Keep the puck in the offensive end. Absolutely. Yeah. Just in case you missed it, as Tracy Ringlesby told uh, Mace and Justin Adams yesterday, and I'm sure you were listening to Eric. So I he was. Told, he told all of us yeah. yesterday that the lockout was coming. There wasn't going to be any resolution. And sure enough, the MLB locked out players early this morning. It's the first work stoppage since players went on strike in 1994, which went into 1995, cost baseball fans the World Series that season. And it is the first lockout in MLB since 1990. Which of the four major US leagues has the best relationship between its players and owners? Wow, that's a great question because the answer is truly none of them, but I would probably go with the NBA first. Um, I am hesitant to go with the NHL second. The NFL players despise the owners, but then again, so do the baseball players. They despise the owners too, but the difference is one has one of the strongest unions, period, in the baseball players, and the NFL players have the weakest union. Yeah, literally, not just strongest union in sports. One of the strongest unions, period, period. anywhere is the MLB yeah. players union. And Jimmy a, Hoffa would be proud. A lot, and you know what? A lot of the gains that he, the NFL players have gotten have been because baseball players got them first. Right. Because right. baseball is where you've had you know Kurt Flood challenging the reserve clause, which basically ended up changing things for all sports. The only one of those four where it seems like there is a reasonable level of trust between the commissioner's office and the union is the NBA. Well, because Adam Silver is essentially a player's coach. Yeah. He's a relatable guy. He's a hip guy. He's progressive. And I don't mean in the political term, you know, the whole thing with Black Lives Matter and all the social unrest. Adam Silver's like, I totally understand it. You do what you need to do. To his credit, Adam Silver listens. Right. Right. Thursday night football tonight, Cowboys at Saints from uh, Caesars Superdome down in New Orleans. Mace, you mentioned yesterday Taysom Hill getting the start at QB for New Orleans. And with that unique new contract he has, if he becomes the starter for the Saints long term, could make up to $95 million. However, Alvin Kamara out tonight and a couple of tackles out as well for those New Orleans Saints. Any trouble for the Cowboys here to uh, take down Sean what, Payton's What's team? the spread? Five uh, and a half I, in yes. favor of the Cowboys. Just I got under a touch. That feels like such a soccer bet, doesn't it? They're daring you. They're daring you to take the, the Cowboys. Just like I said a couple of weeks ago about the Packers and Vikings, I said they are daring you to pick the Packers. That's what that feels like. And you, but the thing is, you look at like the Saints' inactive list includes Marcus Davenport, Taron Armstead, their tackle, Ryan Ramchek, their other tackle, Alvin Kamara still out, and so it's and they've a, lost four in a row, right? And and right. so Taysom Hill probably offers them a better shot because, as we saw last week, Trevor Simeon was under constant pressure. You need a quarterback who can run for his life a little bit, and that's going to be Taysom Hill tonight. I'm going to channel my inner Andrew Mason. It is going to be an uphill climb. When but, do I say uphill climb? No, it's just you love those puns. Or you, As in Taysom or Hill? You, well, who else? I know. Henry Hill, Harold Hill, 
76 trombones. Who else would it be? Calvin Hill, Over the Hill. Ronaldo Hill. Ronaldo Hill. That was a masterpiece. Hank Hill. But maybe maybe Taysom will be the king of the hill if they win tonight. See what I mean? Yeah. See what I mean? I had to at that point. Walked right into that. At that point. Actually, you don't walk right into that. You bang the door down just to get that in there. Yeah, Bum Phillips style. I kicked the door in. Now I'm waiting for you to quote something from the Fox programming King of the Hill. You got something? Bobby, Whataburger. (laughs) We better wrap this up. That was a masterpiece roofing just in case you missed it. If you had hail damage over the summer or in the fall, highly recommend you go with masterpiece roofing. Buddy of mine, major damage all over his house. And his insurance company, obviously, they didn't want to play or pay, so they brought in Masterpiece Roofing, and guess what? He wrote a $500 deductible check, and the insurance company paid for over $30,000 worth of damage. That's because he worked with Masterpiece Roofing. Go to MasterpieceRoofing.com. Nolan and Danny, great job today. Same with you, Mace. I will be off tomorrow, back on Monday. Safe travels to Kansas City, Mace. Thank you. And enjoy your barbecue and, of course, the game.